Hello, thank you for listening to Rapid ONG for Medical Students. My name is Professor Justin Clark, and I'm joined today by Dr Ellen Knox to discuss preeclampsia. So Ellen, what is preeclampsia? Preeclampsia is a multi-system disorder that presents as proteinuric hypertension after 20 weeks of pregnancy, but can develop up to six weeks postnatally. It affects just under 5% of pregnancies and has significant morbidity and mortality for mother and baby. When hypertension is diagnosed after 20 weeks of pregnancy but without proteinuria, we refer to it as pregnancy-induced hypertension. And if women have hypertension present at booking or diagnosed within the first trimester, it's usually pre-existing hypertension. Pre-existing hypertension and pregnancy-induced hypertension both result in an increased risk of developing preeclampsia within the pregnancy and should be regularly monitored. Anyone with pre-existing hypertension should ideally receive pre-pregnancy counselling and check that they've been investigated for any secondary causes such as renal, cardiac or endocrine causes. So why does preeclampsia occur? Usually when the placenta implants in early pregnancy, the fetal trophoblastic cells invade the maternal spiral arterioles and this leads to vasodilatation of the vessel walls. In women with preeclampsia, this invasion seems to be incomplete, leading to an increased resistance in the uteroplacental circulation and impaired blood flow to the placenta. This reduced blood supply leads to an inflammatory response in the maternal circulation, causing release of factors that cause vasoconstriction. This endothelial cell activation occurs throughout the circulation, leading to the multi-organ manifestations of preeclampsia. However, the exact etiology remains unclear. It may present in different women in slightly different ways. So how does this all lead to hypertension and proteinuria? The increased vascular resistance leads to hypertension and the increased vascular permeability causes proteinuria. Which women are most likely to develop preeclampsia then? There are multiple risk factors that increase the risk of preeclampsia. For example, there's a strong genetic component and preeclampsia in a first degree relative increases your risk by about four to eight times. Other risk factors include a previous pregnancy with preeclampsia, a new partner, extremes of maternal age, multiple pregnancies and certain medical conditions such as chronic renal disease, chronic hypertension, acetyphospholipid syndrome, diabetes and obesity. All women should have their blood pressure and a urinalysis performed at every antenatal visit and the signs and symptoms that can indicate preeclampsia such as headache, visual disturbances, epigastric pain and a rapid increase in edema should be reinforced and the need to have blood pressure and urine checked if these occur. Is there anything that can be done to prevent preeclampsia in those women that are deemed at high risk? So every woman should be assessed at her booking antenatal visit to identify risk factors for preeclampsia. If women have significant risk factors such as those mentioned previously, then they may have additional surveillance and depending on the type of risk factors, they may be offered low-dose aspirin, which is known to reduce the incidence of preeclampsia and should be taken throughout the pregnancy. Okay, I see that we can try and identify women at high risk of developing preeclampsia. But how do we then diagnose the condition? Preeclampsia is diagnosed by the presence of proteinuria and hypertension. Proteinuria is measured on urinary dipstick, which should then be quantified by a urine-protein-to-creatinine ratio. If the ratio is over 30, this confirms the diagnosis of significant proteinuria. Hypertension is a blood pressure of greater than or equal to 140 millimetres of mercury systolic or greater than or equal to 90 millimetres of mercury diastolic on two separate readings taken at least four to six hours apart, or more than 150 systolic or 100 diastolic on one occasion. Occasionally, preeclampsia can develop as proteinuria only. If preeclampsia is suspected, then blood tests should be taken to assess the severity and look for complications. Pregnant women should also have an assessment of fetal well-being with a CTG and possibly a growth scan. 
What blood tests are indicated? A full blood count and a profile to check for the haemoglobin concentration, the platelet count and look for evidence of hemolysis. Urea and electrolytes should also be done to look for any evidence of kidney dysfunction and liver function tests to identify impaired liver function. In severe preeclampsia, signs of multi-organ problems become apparent. HELP syndrome is one such severe type of preeclampsia, although most women with preeclampsia will have normal blood tests. That sounds nasty. What is HELP syndrome? HELP syndrome is the acronym used to describe severe preeclampsia with hemolysis, the H, elevated liver enzymes, the EL, and low platelets, the LP. The bloods will show raised lactate dehydrogenase, or LDH, due to hemolysis, raised liver transaminases, that is AST and ALT, as well as a low platelet count. Clotting profiles should also be sent in addition for these women to assess for disseminated intravascular coagulopathy, or DIC. Although not part of the acronym, raised urea and creatinine also suggest renal impairment. So most women with preeclampsia are diagnosed through routine blood pressure and urinalysis at the antenatal appointments. But are there some symptoms and signs to look out for as well? Yes, there are. While most women with preeclampsia are asymptomatic, they may present with generalised edema or headache with visual disturbances. Epigastric or right upper quadrant pain or intractable vomiting may occur in severe cases when there's stretching of the liver capsule. Whenever we see women with proteinuric hypertension, they should have a thorough assessment, including checking their reflexes and checking for clonus. The presence of more than three beats of clonus or brisk reflexes can be a sign of severe preeclampsia and impending eclampsia, that is, seizures. So what effect does preeclampsia have on mum? The maternal risk is from the hypertension, which, if uncontrolled, can result in a stroke. They may also rarely experience an eclamptic seizure. Severe preeclampsia can lead to multi-organ failure, such as renal failure, liver failure and liver rupture, and in severe cases, death. The other significant morbidity associated with preeclampsia is pulmonary edema. Women with preeclampsia have leaky capillary membranes, so they are at risk of pulmonary edema if fluid overloaded. That's why strict fluid balance is part of the treatment, and examination should always include listening to the lung bases and measuring oxygen saturations. What about the effects of preeclampsia on the baby? If there is reduced placental blood flow, this must have consequences for the foetus. Yes, exactly. The foetus is at risk of growth restriction and regular growth scans are needed to assess foetal well-being. There's also an increased risk of placental abruption and death of the foetus in utero. Significant morbidity can also arise from preterm delivery, which may be required to treat the maternal or foetal consequences of severe preeclampsia. Thank you, Ellen. And in the next podcast, we'll be discussing the treatment of preeclampsia.